Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. I am your host, Rudo, joined as always by the amazing AJ Hayfley and the black screen there. Why not? It's free agency wrap up day part four because the abs just keep doing stuff and we had to extend this out. In fact, the whole league keeps doing stuff now. Um, yeah, this has been certainly uh, an unusual free agency signing. Not unexpected given the situation, but we're into day five and there are still significant contracts getting signed, AJ. Yeah, um, normally we talk about the first wave of free agency being done within the within 48 hours. Yep. Um, you could argue the first wave of free agency still isn't done. There are still so many impact players out there that, yep. That, I mean, we're we're not finished yet. Day four had more money spent than day two, so I think that pretty much sums it up. Yeah. Has slowed down a little bit today on day five, uh, at least as far as free agent signings are concerned, but. The other side of this coin is there have been a ton of trades and, and the like happening as well. Uh, obviously, we talked about the Avs acquiring Devontae's yesterday, but the defensive market has started to fall into place, mainly centered around the Vegas Golden Knights. They, as expected, did manage to acquire Alex Petrangelo. Um, it was a bit stuck in limbo because they were facing going over the offseason cap with how much they were going to pay Alex Petrangelo. They ended up paying him, I believe it was 8.8 across seven years. Mm-hmm. So that is quite the commitment. And to fit him, they had to move out Nate Schmidt for a third round pick in 2022 to Vancouver. Uh, this is an interesting trade. Uh, let's start with this. Yes, there are benefits for both of these teams in this trade. Obviously, Vegas gets the cap space. Vancouver gets a quality defenseman that they need. But it also puts both of these franchises in an interesting spot. Because Vegas, now fully committed to Petrangelo for seven years and still pressed up against the cap. And Vancouver, by acquiring Nate Schmidt for his full contract, which I believe is $5.85 million, are also now pressed up against the cap. A lot of decisions have to be made. Yep. Um, Schmidt's actually five point nine five. So fall is five point. So basically six. Yeah, which is what Edler and Myers are making. So that's that fun. is that is a defense. Yeah, <laughs> like Alex Edler is still good, so it's like sure. <laughs> is he though? Is he is he six million dollar good? Yeah. <laughs> You think? I I don't buy that story, but I mean at thirty four, um, you probably want if you're going to pay six million for a defender, you probably want a guy that gives you a little more uh, offense than thirty points. Sure, but and I'm not that far off from from an EJ for the Yabs, I would say, but yeah, similar, similar kind of guy. Yeah, he's a, oh, the Yabs would have straight cut someone to try a. Uh, to try to get Edler's aging curve out of EJ. <laughs> True. But with Nate Schmidt, like Nate Schmidt undoubtedly makes them better, especially because he can play on the right side. Yep. 
And I said it on Twitter yesterday. Just drop that dude next to Quinn Hughes and let him rip. Have fun. Go, 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 go. Like that makes Vancouver better, but at what cost? Because they still have to sign Adam Gaudet and Jake Vertanen. So somebody's still going to have to go somewhere. There's and still got to be some movement somewhere. They have projected 2 million cap space, which might be enough for one of those guys. Maybe. I think Vertanen's probably going to get 3 million. So that puts him out right off the bat. Yeah. And, you know, I don't, I don't know about like the health of a guy like Furland. Sure, there could be LTIR stuff that comes into play here. Yeah, I'm actually, I had no idea until yesterday that they were paying Sven Berchi that kind of money, <laughs> given that he played in the AHL last season. Yikes. Yeah. Um, you know, um, they they were fine. They didn't buy out the last year of Brandon Sutter's contract at 4375 like, that guy gave him like ten points last year. That guy sucks. Yep. I um, mean, it's it's really uh, their their forward core is just riddled with these guys. Jay Beagle at three million for the next two years. Antoine Roussel yeah. at three million for the next two years. Yeah, definitely. It, and now they have to find a way to move one of them out, which we've seen. It is real hard to move cap right now. It can be done, but you're taking a hit. You're not gonna get a important asset back, basically. Yeah. So Vancouver, I'm like, and this is an easy move for the Canucks. Like the the it's so hard to acquire guys of Nate Schmidt's caliber. Um for a third round and for a third round pick, like this is a this is a once in a market offer. Yep. You know, same thing with like Ryan Murray going for fifth to New Jersey. You know, Ryan Murray's in the last year of his deal and he's hurt all the time. So there are way different conversations with that, but this was this is a market that we'll never see again in the NHL, where quality defenders are going for pennies. Yep, and that's why yesterday's even yesterday's deal um, for Taves, two no second round rounder. picks. Yep, two second round picks for that guy. You're when you talk about quality defensemen in this league, it usually starts with a first round pick. It and even having the conversation of moving him. You can see how different the pricing of, of players has changed because at the trade deadline, Edmonton gave up two second round picks for Andreas Athanasiu. Yep. And nobody really blinked. Everybody was kind of like, hey, that's a good bet for, for the Oilers. They need help there. That's a smart gamble by them. For Colorado to turn around and do the same, you can tell how depressed that market is, yep. that the Avs were able to get two seconds out of that. They paid the same price for a top four D in the middle of his prime. Right. Um, I do I do want to talk just a touch about Taves here for a minute because yeah. yesterday obviously I was pretty excited and the, the initial kind of, reaction was yesterday. It was, yeah. it was all kind of happening. Yeah. Um I just wanted to 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 circle back and make sure that the analysis is clear here that like Devon Devon Taves has not been He's not. He's not like a hard, like high end top pairing defenseman. Uh, yeah. Okay. Like as excited as I was, and as much as I was like, he's really good. Like he is. He is maybe a low end top pairing guy, and a high end middle pairing guy. 
but that's kind of the expectation that you should have. To be honest, I don't even really see him as a as a top pairing guy, and that's perfectly fine. I I I maybe see him starting as a top pairing guy this season because you could put him next to Makar. I mean, you can play him there, but if you're getting the most out of him, I think you're getting he's a three or a four, right? They kind of just recreated Sam Gerrard is is sort of what they did. Okay. I, the the way the Evs are set up, though, you're correct in that the long term, anyway, they're not asking him to be a, a top pairing guy. Correct. Um, that the the obviously you're still hoping that the guys you use top five picks on are those guys for you. Yeah. That that becomes Bowen Byram and Kale McCarr. That's your top pairing, and then Sam Gerrard and Devon Taves can be your second pairing. Yep, and then you can round that out with. Graves, right now, Timmons, right now, Graves and Timmons, and then at some point, down the line, yeah, and and filled in by whoever else, Gilbert, maybe Hellison pans out into something, whatever. Justin Barron was just drafted in the first round, like yeah, you know, by by the third year of the Graves deal, we should be having a serious Justin Barron NHL conversation. Yep, if only because Barron has the possibility of one year in the queue, one year in the AHL, and then maybe jump up into the NHL. Yeah. Uh, two years in the AHL would be the, the full three years. And at that point, Grace yeah. contract would be up. Yep. Um, and you sure hope he would have, he would have some NHL time by that. Yeah. He should be, you have to think in that third year, he should be priority call up at least. Yeah. Um, um, I would say Taves has absolute very, like very little in common with Nicholas Jalmerson. Yeah, they 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 bake their bread very differently. <laughs> yeah, they both played the defenseman position, and that and, and <laughs> they're both left-handed. Uh, we talked about that a little bit, Butters. It's definitely on the table now. Uh, a Johnson yeah. buyout. It, look, if he wants to waive his contract, the Avs probably don't have to buy him out. But even then, it's going to be a consideration just because of the cap. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a consideration. Uh, it's it's forty eight hours ago. It was still wasn't really much of a conversation. You weren't you could ask EJ to wave so you could protect Graves, but you didn't really feel that strongly about it. Uh, at this point, you feel strongly about it. This yeah, I, I wasn't expecting to go this way in our first segment, but we're here. So I mean, let's kind of talk about talk through this of. Before EJ waving was at least a semi luxury, right? For the abs, it's now become a necessity. Yeah, you don't go out and give up two seconds and sign Taze to whatever he ends up getting signed to to expose him in the expansion draft. You just don't do that. Yeah, and you're certainly well, not going to expose Seattle's, Seattle's just going to take him, and you're certainly not going to expose McCarr or Gerard either. So, right. Seattle would just take any one of those three guys. They wouldn't even look at the forwards. Right. They're sure as hell not having a hard conversation about Pavel Francois. They're saying, thanks for the free defender. Yeah, we just picked up a top four defender who's going to be locked up with at least a little bit of term. Right. <laughs> they they don't even think twice about any of that. So it the situation has become more definitive, at least on the Av side of that. In, yeah. 
in what they need from EJ being at least a waved NMC. Yeah. And, you know, maybe next, maybe next off season where teams have had time to kind of plan and they've saved some money. Maybe they can find a taker for him so that they don't have to buy him out and they just retain, retain, you know, Hey, we'll take the, whatever we'll, we'll take the 2 million anyway that we would have gotten, you just in get a it buyout two years instead of four that way. Exactly. And it's just the two seasons. And you're like, look, that's a totally fair deal. Uh, because you do, you honestly, you do expect, look like Connor Timmons is NHL ready. Bowen Byram's NHL ready. That's true today. You fast forward another year and it's like, you've got to get these guys going. Yep. Gears. So, start turning. Yeah. You have to start challenging these guys. They this year they need to challenge these guys. I know they're trying to win a Stanley Cup and all. It's not it's not lost on me, but these are the guys who are going to get them there. I, the sooner they get these guys NHL experience, the sooner we stop talking about how young and inexperienced they are. Well, it, it's still that balance, right? There's the want to win the cup immediately. There's always that want, but yeah. long term, you're going to give yourself a better chance to win a cup if you set your team up to have opportunities across multiple years, and that requires exactly what you said, getting experience to these young guys that you expect to be the future of your team. Right. You can't spend, you can't continue to spend so much time in fear of inexperience that you just stop developing guys. You stop promoting guys. You have to continue. They have to continue to promote. And this, what they're going through on defense right now sets them up for three years the next three years of them having to manage internal promotions at the forward position. Yep. Because they have a ton. They have a ton, you know, I mean, we're talking right now. They're still struggling to find space for Martin Cout. Yep. They're still, you know, they, and that they still have Shane Bowers. Like Shane Bowers was a first round pick like four years ago. Like it's the, you got to get this guy going here. Like, come on, you know, and, and then, and then you have the guys that, that come after that, you know, what, what happens next with the uh, Sampo Ranta, what happens next with. Yeah. Bocage, Mutala, yeah, whoever, with, whoever you want. It, Kovalenko coming over yeah. from Russia. What's that guy's role? That guy's not going to come over and take two years in the AHL. Yep. So. He might he might take a month in the AHL just to be like, hey, I need to understand North America or whatever. But that guy's not leaving a super cushy a super cushy spot in Russia where he, you know, he's got his dad chilling with him to come play to come play for the Colorado Eagles. He's not gonna do it. Yep. It's you can't you can't I mean look, I'll say he probably won't do it. Maybe he does and he's a weirdo, but like they can't plan for that. They've got to they've got to figure out a way. To, hey, this guy, even if the guy is the thirteenth forward and he's just practicing every day, you know somebody will get hurt. Yeah, I, I let alone the thirteenth forward gets him NHL money. You really think kids are going to come over from Russia where they're making decent money in the KHL? If you're someone like Kovalenko to take seventy k in the AHL, right? Not buying that. No, but you'll come over and you'll take you'll take the ELC money. You'll make oh, 900, yeah. you'll 900k right. for two years, if, and then you get a two million dollar contract or whatever. Right. And you're smoking what if you made in Russia. If you're 13th forward making that bank, you're fine. <clears throat> yeah, 
And that's just to that's just to get him on the NHL roster. Like yeah. whatever happens from there is up to him. But I mean, this is this this all just goes to say, like they've got to start. And this is why I keep saying I think Bo, Bowen Byram's going to be in play. I think they know Bowen Byram can play in the NHL right now, and they're like, look, the sooner we get the rookie bumps out of the way, the sooner we get the elite. Yep. In his prime, guy that we drafted fourth overall. We're not sitting here talking about what's next for him. We're looking at, okay, now we have a defense. We have a solidified top four, Bowen Byram, Kale McCarr, Sam Gerrard, and now Devontae. That, it's not only that. It's that they got that other is, guys to develop. Develop this guy so you can get on to the next one. Right. I mean, then you still have Connor Timmons. You've got to figure that guy out, okay? And then, and then immediately after this, we're talking next fall. We're talking about Justin Barron potentially in being the yeah. in the AHL with the Eagles, along with Danila Zhiravilov. Yep. Depending on that's if kind of depending over, on right. what they want to do. Yep. Because I know he signed that contract extension and then yep. broke his arm. Depending on the depending on the year that uh, Hellison has too, he might be a conversation as well. Seriously, like Drew Hellison, also part of the conversation. It's it's. Even the, if Drew Hellison is two years away, even if Justin Barron is two years away, like you're, you have to, you have to know that this is coming. These ELCs are coming, and that you have developments, you have development plans, and that you have, you have this in mind. You, that you're not so, yeah, you're not so focused on like, oh well, we'll just see what happens, and then make up our mind from there. You have to see what happens first to decide what's best to do next, but you should have those paths mapped out depending on how they go. You know, Justin Barron has a great year in Halifax. Boom. He goes into the AHL. Yep. And he follows the Connor Timmons path. If he doesn't, if he doesn't have a great year in the queue, then he needs to go back and do it again. But you goes back and does it again. That's fine. It just takes a year longer. You make that decision based on the result, and you have to leave both paths open. Is is just the reality there. Uh, We do need to take our first period break. Shout out to Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR, with over eight different types on tap down at the DNVR bar and dozens at the farmhouse in Littleton head on down there. You can even get curbside pickup or you can dine in. They do have limited seating. Now, uh, if you want to do pickup, you can get $5 off when you use code DNVR. When you call 303-803-1380, pick up from noon to 8 PM and green mountain dental group, the best dentist in the Denver metro area down in Lakewood, just 15 minutes from downtown. Super easy to get to. Big Colorado sports fans as well. When you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam with them, you'll get a free Sonicare toothbrush. Be sure to tweet at us when you go so we can all hit it up. They're a great place. They'll send you reminders, everything you need to make sure your teeth are taken care of and get that free electric toothbrush. It just makes life that much easier. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Yes, Z is healthy. That is true. He's played a couple of games. He's back. Um, But we'll see. We'll see how the KHL goes. Kovalenko's been playing as well. Uh, I did want to bring us back closer to the topic of the day, though, which is still mostly free agency. Uh, 5280 Avs asked any word on the contract negotiations for Taze. There's not really been any word on that. Uh, the guy, pretty sure, is still on his honeymoon because he got married just a couple days ago. Yeah. So, so we'll see on that. But AJ, I'm curious, what are your expectations for a contract, roughly? 
Um, I've been, people have been asking me this and I've just been kind of pegging it at four by four and a half million per year. Maybe, maybe five by right around five, like somewhere, somewhere in that range. Sure. So four and a half, five million dollars for or five years, a, a commitment. Yeah. And I. Not a two year deal. <laughs> right. Right. I, I bring up this number because I want to springboard off of it in a comparison to Nate Schmidt, because this has been the big topic around the Avs Twitterverse, at least lately. Uh, two trades made on the same day where the Avs mm-hmm. go out and get Taze to solidify their defense. And then Vancouver gets Schmidt out of Vegas for a third round pick. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, looking at the value of these trades. Uh, look, you can't say who wins a trade until you see performance at the end of the day. But right now, which trade are you feeling better about? Um, both. You think they're both both good for their their respect? Yeah, I think I think both teams are thrilled. Yep. You know, Vancouver. Vancouver gets a defender with a pulse, which is something that they needed, but <laughs> they also get a really good one. Like Nate yep. Schmidt's really good. The downside of Nate Schmidt is simply that he's 29 years old. Um, he signed for five more years at 5.95 million. Yep. Like you're committed nearly six million dollars till this guy is 34. Yeah. Like that's that's a big commitment, and you're going into the same conversation about aging curves as Vegas is with Alex Petrangelo. Yep, you're paying you're paying a lot of money to a guy to age gracefully. If he ages like Alex Edler, great. Uh, Schmidt has a modified NTC. Uh, it's a it's a ten team no trade list, so there's ten yes. teams he can decline. He didn't have a whole. He didn't have tons of control over over the process. Yep. Besides, we see guys. We see guys wave those all the time because yeah. they don't. If because they, it's it's simply a, a matter of oh, you don't want me here. Well, I don't want to be here. Right. Get me out. So. Um. Anyway, with 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 Schmidt and you know Vegas Vegas. This was interesting for Vegas because. They traded him to a division rival. Yeah, in division is is maybe the interesting, most interesting. Yeah. Part. So like Petrangelo, getting Petrangelo is a home run for them, no yep. doubt, right? Yep. But then you lose Schmidt and you get nothing in return. And that that you know you wanted to put those guys together. You know you wanted you wanted a. Top four of Shea Theodore, Alex Petrangelo, Braden McNabb, Nate Schmidt. Yep, that was the that was the goal. That was like to hey, build the juggernaut. Yeah, and you and would, now you know now that's that's gone. The the upgrade of Alex Petrangelo on an unknown is huge. The upgrade on Alex Petrangelo on Nate Schmidt is very large. Don't get me wrong, but it's significantly it's, less. It's it's significant, but yeah, it's. You know, um, to to your point, to 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 say uh, in the upgrade over the unknown, it's zero to a hundred. Right. You get a top flight defender, which is impossible to do in the NHL. And, but the but the upgrade the the difference between 
when Schmidt they should be giving you 80 like, already. Yeah. Yeah, it's like 80 to 100. I was going to say 75. You say sure. 80. Perfect. Yeah. We're right in the same neighborhood. Yep. It's 80 to 100. Like, so it matters, but it's yeah, not. You're better. You're definitely better, but the difference between Schmidt on a second pairing versus Zach Whitecloud, yep. that would have been. 30 to pretty, 80. Pretty big jump, yeah. And instead, now they're looking for that guy. You know, maybe Zach Whitecloud is on that second pairing. You know, maybe, you know, Nick Holden, whatever, whatever they're going to do, that's now in flux. Yep. So, you know, you only get you only get a little bit better. It's You end up in a world where the Avs were a few years ago, where they're trying to get by with Patrick Nemeth on their second pair. They're trying to get by with guys who are limited. Right, where the Avs were in the playoffs last year, where Zadorov, Graves, and Cole are all third pairing guys, and they're all playing twenty minutes for you. Yep. You know, and for for Vancouver, this is a clear win. This is this is great. This is exactly what they needed. But again, they are right back into cap crunch city. Yep, a cap problem. You know, and this is right after they watched Tyler Toffoli take a great deal. A four-year yep. deal, less than $5 million per, and part of that is because they did not get rid of Brandon Sutter. They did not find a taker for Sven Perci. They didn't, you know, like they didn't do these things that they could have done to keep Defoley around and instead ended up giving up that second-round pick in Tyler Madden, who's turned into a really good forward prospect. Yep. And uh, Tyler Madden would have been NHL, would have would have been potentially breaking into the, to the Canucks on an ELC this year. It just goes to show building a hockey team is a consequence of so many decisions. Yeah. There are so many factors that play into these things where you end up in these situations where I don't want to say one decision makes or breaks your team because it doesn't. It's it's a significant amount, but when the wrong decisions start to add up, it becomes hard to dig yourself out and keep making your team better. Yeah. You have to take hits somewhere. Uh, and that's something that the abs have avoided very, very effectively over the past couple of years. Yeah. They where where Vancouver has kind of struggled here has, has been more about self-inflicted salary cap problems. They put them and and not like and not a hey we have to pay elite players salary cap problems but we overpaid for Jay Beagle and Roussel and Berchi and Sutter and yeah you know all these all these guys that it's causing them an issue now and this is a year before they have to pay both Patterson and Hughes then they have to pay those guys and they're in a different kind of problem yep so it's just been it's you know they. I, I said this on Twitter earlier today, but I, I think that Vancouver is kind of where Colorado was two years ago, where they've got all the young high-end pieces, but they're trying to find the right guys, the right combination behind them. Their big difference is, is that they're in cap hell. Yeah. And Colorado 20 was, million of cap space when they were in that spot. Yeah. And the abs, the abs could afford to trade a fourth round pick for Colin Wilson. They yep. could they could afford to add at every deadline freely and not have to worry about anything. They were open to getting better via alternate means, taking on a Brooks or pick buyout to go get Philip Grubauer. Right. To to avoid paying two second round picks for Philip Grubauer 
they agreed to buy out Brooks Orpik. Yeah. Like saves them an asset. Now, what did they do with that asset? They go on and move it for Devin Devontae's. Um, you know, like it's it's every to, to what you're saying is that every decision has a trickle down effect. Yep. Everything that you don't do, every trade you don't make, means that you have an asset for something later. Yep. Yep. It's a it's a balancing act to say the least, and it's no one can see the future, but you have to be adaptable. You have to be ready to know that this could be a piece that could come important for you later. And the abs and Joe Sackick, I don't think anyone's been better than him at, at doing this. Uh, oh, we did get a little bit off topic again, but I did want to go directly into the comparison between Nate Schmidt and Devontae's. I lean towards Schmidt being a better player, at least right now. Is that fair to say? Yeah, definitely. It's fair to say. Okay. If we agree on that, then we can work from that point. The Avs straight up can't afford, couldn't have afforded Nate Schmidt at $6 million. Just wasn't going to fit on their roster. They would have had to have sent money back. Right. They would have had to dump money on somebody else, which we're seeing teams are having a hard time dumping money because they're having to give up good players for nothing in order to do it. This is not, uh, we're going to dump, you know, if, if, if they could, uh, if if Vancouver could have dumped Sven Berchi or Brandon Sutter on somebody, they would have they would have done that and signed Tyler Toffoli. They would have done that, but teams aren't taking on money for guys who aren't who aren't going to help them. Yep, they're just not doing it, which is why the whole like ah maybe Colorado dumps Ian Cole. You know, I I even thought about it today with the the news that Oscar Clefbaum might might not be healthy for next season he may miss the entire season yeah his salary is almost the same exact one as ian cole's and for a one-year thing that makes perfect sense right so yep. that's a that's an obvious fit but the abs wouldn't get anything back right it's, which wouldn't be the point you're the abs are looking to get value out of their their trades they don't need to dump cap necessarily uh at least not this season um so they went out and they they got a guy that can be part of their organization in Tay's longer term. We'll say longer term. Uh, but do you think they could have done better? I guess is the question I should be asking on the Av side because a lot of people seem to be giving Vancouver the nod here and making the better trade. Yeah, I'm sure. That's fine. Like you're also assuming that Vegas would have traded Nate Schmidt to Colorado for a third. Yeah. Would Nate, you know, if I'm, if I'm Vegas, I'm more willing to give Nate Schmidt to a Vancouver team. That doesn't really scare me that much than I am to a Colorado team that I should have played in the conference finals this year. And help complete that monster of a team. And like, do you want to, that's it. I'm just I'm not I'm not convinced they would have done that. Yeah. But they did trade him to a division rival, so it at least opens it up to a converse, con, at least opens it up to a conversation. Like the Islanders trading Devon Taves to, to the Avs is like, well, we're not gonna see that guy. That's never gonna haunt us. In a you know, in a yeah. 
world where they play each other in the Stanley Cup Finals, sure. <laughs> but, but beyond I'm, that, yeah. Right. Like, that's not going to, you know, like, which was one of the reasons the Blackhawks sod deal was so odd because you could have moved stays in division. Of, yeah. You could have moved into a lot of places and instead you help a division rival really round out their forward core. Yep. It's it, certainly interesting, but, but Hey, Joe's pulling guys out of pulling guys out of places and putting them on the abs. So uh, real quick, Grant says Devontae's hearing for arbitration is on October 31st. I would be, shocked if that hearing happens uh fully expect the Avs to get a deal done before then with him uh, given that arbitration yeah. is what two year deal at most so right i'm i would they've got they've got several weeks now to work out you know what do they want to do about jost what does jost want to do yep if jost just signs his qualifying offer one that helps the Avs a metric ton they got plenty of cap space then <laughs> yeah because that that's if his qualifying his qualifying offer had to be like a million dollars probably not even but yeah i mean at most a million dollars yeah so that's you know if if they if if he decides to do that great if they give him the two-year deal all that's also fine um, but it's just knowing the number and how much space they actually have to work because they are what six million dollars right now, 6.7 million dollars yep. with with Taves and Jost still the sign, yeah. And then even then, um, that's it, that that gives you a 12 6 2 lineup. You, yep. you have, have three of, at least one guy on the bench, probably two, yeah. You're probably, I mean. If the one guy is, is Jacob McDonald because he plays both positions, <laughs> that's the best. That's like the biggest value contract in the league, right? <laughs> but realistically, you're probably adding, um, and you know, and I'm just going to continue to push this. Um, Byram on the back end, yep, and either a Logan O'Connor or a Martin Cout, maybe both to the forward core. Which brings us to the next question in the chat here, but we do need to take our second period break here first with DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. They're always slinging amazing odds boost deals every single week. Week five of football is sort of over. There's actually a game getting played today because of, of all the weirdness going down there, but there's no better place to get into all the action with DraftKings Sportsbook. So to add to the excitement of week six, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing back their can't miss offer. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the app store now because you don't want to miss it all new users get a chance when they sign up of a bonus of up to one thousand dollars and on top of that great sign up offer you can get odds boosts that some of them are straight up just free money if you're a basketball fan if you want to go crazy and and bet on one of those foreign markets that are actually playing basketball right now you can get a 200 percent profit boost right now so if you think you have a, a market inefficiency in one of those euro leagues jump on it make yourself some money download the top rated DraftKings sportsbook app now and use promo code dnvr when you sign up to get up to one thousand dollars again the dnvr code on a new account for a limited time only must be 21 or older colorado only bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and first bet match each up to five hundred dollars deposit bonus requires 25x playthrough restrictions apply see draftkings.com sportsbook for details gambling problem call 800 522 4700 
third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by that DraftKings. So Christopher asks about the roster crunch that we're kind of getting into the conversation with Jost here. There probably is a world where the Avs can make the cap work as is, but he's asking if it is time to look at trading a forward or something just based on the Avs roster crunch. And I talked about this yesterday a little bit. I think it makes a lot of sense for them to be looking to move a forward. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, if you could, I think, I think that there are two prime candidates with a, a third and a fourth guy that are kind of, they also make sense, but they're less the, the, you really don't want to do it. And I think it's a combination of Donskoy and Comfer. And just because both guys, I think, are pretty replaceable. Uh, especially if you were to move Comfer purely for futures, just a, a prospect or picks, you know, get one of those second round picks back, get two third round picks, whatever. Whatever whatever the hell it ends up being, right? Like, I'm just throwing Jello yeah. at the wall on a yeah. return. <clears throat> Okay, great. You just cleared out three point five million, um, and then you can go into free agency and sign. Right, as as we're seeing, Matt Nieto got seven hundred k, Nemestikov got two million dollars. Yeah. Like you can go into free agency and sign an Eric Howla for like one point five of that. That's Donskoy. Same thing. He's making three point nine. Yeah. Both of these guys have three years left on their deal. If the Abs can move out that cap, it not only makes plenty of room for this season, but it takes a little bit of the pressure off in the coming years as well. Uh, given that Lannis has got to sign McCarr's got to sign. Eventually McKinnon's got to sign. Well, now, now they've got to sign tapes. Now they've got to sign. Right. Sod. That's like, two more guys that they got to look to try and figure out what they're doing with. They still have a Grubauer, you know, either re-signing or replacing Philip Grubauer next year. So all of those conversations happen. And then, look, if you were to move one of those guys out right now, you replace that forward spot with Martin, Martin Cowell. Cowell. Super easy to replace. And you replace him on the ELC. And then next year, you lose somebody in the expansion draft. You don't love that, but you that's, again. Everyone has to lose someone. <laughs> it's, it's cap space. And then, okay, if they lose a forward, Shane Bowers goes in there. If they lose a defenseman, Connor Timmons goes in there. If they lose a goaltender, Adam Werner goes in there. Do you see where I'm saying? They're set up at all three levels of the organization to replace whatever they lose in the expansion draft with an ELC. And or in Timmons' case, it'll be his second contract, but like on ELC money. <laughs> it's yeah. Like he's not the reason why we're talking about Tyson Jones getting two million dollars is because he has two hundred games played. And there are guys who have been getting 1.5, 1.8. They've got 70 games played. I think Cade puts it in here. Jordan Greenway's contract is a super good comparable for Jost, who got 2.1 million over two years. So I think that's that's right in the range that we're expecting Jost to get if they do go for a two-year type deal. Um, But back to your original point, when you talk about ELCs, this is what you have to factor in. If you move Comfer, you move out $3.5 million, but you have to replace that. Replacing that with Martin Kaut is less than a million coming onto the roster. So yeah. that's a net gain of, of all, a little bit more than $2.5 million in cap space for the Avs. Don Skoy, it's about $3 million in cap space for the Avs. 
Uh, on the back end, it's a little bit tighter depending on who they take. If they take Graves, it's it's still about two million, maybe a little bit more than two million. So you're looking at maybe they take Francois and and then it's a bit of a different conversation. But it's about a million at that point. Yeah, but so you're saving that money, and then you're looking at saving additional money if you also move out a confer or something and get full value of of dollar wise in a trade. You add those together, all of a sudden you're talking about five, six million in space. Now you've made up for a significant portion of Kale McCarr's next contract. Yeah. So it's it's a lot of math that has to be done to to figure yeah. out those numbers. And like you're not you're not eager to give up a confer or a Don Scoy because those guys can help you. And when you're talking about replacing a guy you know, with a with a Martin Cout, you know, you're with a with a Connor. Like they're an NHL unknown. Yep. You we we have glimpses, we have belief, you've got projections, but they're an unknown. You know, Bowen Byram's an unknown. Those guys, those guys aren't proven in any way. They've they're they're proven in so much as they've proven they're ready for the challenge of the NHL. They have nothing but else to prove anywhere else in the NHL. You know, with Donskoy, with Confer, you walk in confident that in an 82-game season, you're getting 30-plus points out of each of those guys. The, the thing you're confident is, in that. You are, but this is what contenders do. It's what they have to do. It's what Tampa has been doing for years to keep what Tampa's really going to have to do right now. Harder than ever. Yeah. Because... And and that's the thing. The thing with Tampa is it took them until now in their window to finally win the Cup. And the only reason their window lasted this long is because they were so good at at finding players on the cheap that they could play, getting decent deals for for guys. Stamkos coming back on a relatively cheap contract compared to what he could have made. This is the future of the abs in, in free agency in the trade market is it's about getting value on the roster. It's not about going out and getting the best player available. So, yeah, I mean, you have to be cost efficient. Yep. There's nothing more cost efficient in the, in the NHL than ELCs. It's why teams I long shot. them. Yep. Why they're crazy pants over the top in valuing them. I would also just like to say for all the shit that I took for saying this last year, it's also why that big commitment to JT Comfort felt unnecessary. Yeah, I certainly... It's fine. Like it's not killing them in any way, but it, it's every one of decision those, has a consequence. It's one of those things. You make that commitment to Confer, and then you also go out and make that commitment to Donskoy, and all of a sudden you have over seven million dollars tied up on your third line for the next four years. Maybe even more concerning what we talked about last year. You don't pay for faceoffs. One point eight million for Pierre Edward Belmar. You could save a million dollars right off the top by replacing him with Shane Bowers. Yep. Are you going to get 15 points in an 82-game season? If Shane Bowers can't give you 15 points, then... He's good. He's a bust, basically. Yeah. Flat out. If he, can't, if he can't give you that, if he can't give you the smart defense, if he can't give you some decent penalty killing and win a couple of face-offs, like he's going to get crushed in the face-off circle. Every rookie does. Yep. But... The Avs are mean, a team that <laughs> the Avs have plenty of experience knowing how to play without winning faceoffs. To yeah, be fair, <laughs> it's, 
at that at that point, and Belmar is is the third guy that I would say you have you have to consider. You know, if you could move him, yeah, I, I for, would for a fifth round pick or something. I mean, the one point eight million would the even just the one million because you'd replace him with an ELC. Even even just that one million dollars would give them breathing room right now. I think where they would be fine. If you even if you're not moving out a forward, for me, you have to seriously consider making Belmar the thirteenth forward. In my opinion, you might even consider burying it. Yeah i I don't know if I'd go that far. Depending on what it looks like, man. Like if they make no other moves, I'm not sure how they can. I don't think they can ice a twenty three man roster. That's true. That's true. You can get the get the nine hundred twenty five k. It's one point. Him. It's one point one. I think is right it up now. to one point one now? It yeah. might, it, I know it's over a million. It may not be at one point one, but I know it's over sure. a million now. It, 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 you free up that cap space. Is yeah. the point I'm making. Yeah. Um. So that's yeah, that's true. If they don't move anyone out, they probably have to seriously consider burying some money. Um. So. I all the more reason to look for the abs to try and move something out, probably. <laughs> but will Newhook replace Kadri at some point? Not this year, but eventually. Well, and Newhook is one of the interesting guys because that's a guy that you're talking about on an ELC probably next year. Yep. Next fall, which is where if you were to trade Confer now and let's just say lose Donskoy in the expansion draft. It's super easy to drop new hook in as your three C in that first right. year. Yeah. Maybe, maybe even on a left wing, if Brandon saw sure. leaves. Yeah. Whatever you want to do. Yeah. Like that's, you know, I would say postseason look for him more realistically and for the Eagles. Yeah. Than the avalanche. Yeah. I think that's, that's probably accurate. Uh, An ATO and for him to go play for the Eagles in the AHL postseason would actually be one. It would be a hell of a lot of fun, but two, I think that makes more sense than him dropping in and um, playing any kind of a significant role. And yep. Uh, Drew of those guys, I have count priority one O'Connor two as more of a 13th forward type. And then Bowers playing with the Eagles and then being a call up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and with Bowers, I think we're probably just going to have to wait a little bit. Um, yeah. Well, I'll reiterate what I said on the other show. Uh, he's not going to be an NHL regular this year, but I would be disappointed if he doesn't at least get some games based as, on injuries and et cetera. No, the Avs window, the Avs window is for as long as they have Nathan McKinnon. Yep, pretty much. You know, it. The next three years look excellent, and you reassess when you sign McKinnon to that next contract. Yeah. But the window doesn't just disappear. Them, them, kind of pushing a lot of chips for this next season changes some of the long-term math, but it's really just like resign sod. Okay. He gets a, he's going to get a five-year deal. Taves is going to get a four or five-year deal. Like those guys then become part of like your secondary core. Yeah. They're not like your, like they're not the guys either though. Yeah. And this, this is, you know, with new hook around, this is why we're, we haven't spent any time talking about bringing Kadri back after that contract is over. It's, that's 
the conversation that when you get there, if he wants to be a cheap three C, maybe you have the conversation. Yeah. If he want, I mean, even if you know, not know it, the the uncertainty of when does the cap go up right. again, right? And when when does team when do teams get that relief, or do they just completely adjust and everybody understands? For the next three years, the cap is at 81.5, and we're going to continue to operate that way until it actually goes up. Because and then you're going okay, to great. The way teams operate in the offseason is going to be very different. If yeah, if they they know how a flat cap is coming, it's not going to be insanity like it has been this offseason, but it, there's not going to be that crazy aggression. You're not going to see a ton of crazy contracts. But if the end of next season the Seattle expansion money rolls in. The NHL gets back on top of things, and they're saying, new, "Okay, new TV deal and expansion are the two big reasons for hope that the cap is going to start to move again." Yep. Especially next fall, and just not knowing where we are, right? You know, pandemic-wise. But next fall, you would have to hope we're at least back to an eighty-two game schedule. Yeah. Based on everything then, we're hearing, the schedule should be back to normal for the 21-22 season. Right. And so we can at least go back to 82 games. Um, what that looks like in terms of our fans in the stands, 100% capacity, do we just go back to normal? I have no idea. I have a really hard time, given the fact that there's not a vaccine, given the fact that there are COVID spikes all over the place again, all over the world again. There are countries that are shutting down again. Right, like we're we're kind of going through, like we all talked about, oh, the, the second wave in the fall, guess what, it's here. Yep. And the the impact that that's going to have, does that delay the start of the next season even further? Do they, do they wait until February 1st? But, because I know they said January 1st, but part of that is because they wanted to wait to get fans in the stands, even at, even at 10%, even at 20% yep. capacity. You know, getting some fans in there. The NHL, the AHL, those leagues are desperate. They have to have gate receipts. I, the AHL can't survive without it, period. It, yeah, I'm legitimately concerned about the survival of the AHL. Yep. Just when that league finally is hitting its, its stride. Feet under it, yep. As a true development league and every single team has its own development team and like their own, like their own farm system and we're not splitting them up. And they're not all buried in Massachusetts or on the East Coast. They're yep. all over the place. It's its own functioning league. Like this is the one thing that could undercut it, and it's a serious concern. The AHL is not going to survive without gates. Yep. Straight and up. what? What? And they won't start before the NHL. They, they can't. can't. Yeah. They just can't. So I'm. I, I just don't know. I don't I don't know what it looks like, but you're hoping that next fall we at least get back to the 82 games. Yep. And then, you know, to circle this back to what we were talking about with the cap and, and how it's going to move. The expansion money will be in the TV deal is the next year. You're hoping that that money all impacts the 2021 2022 season and that you go from there. You know, that's when that's when all the money you're hoping that you get back to 100 percent attendance. You're hoping that TV money and Seattle money all combine to be like, woohoo, we're not we're not bleeding money anymore. <laughs> right. You know, like it's OK, great. It Maybe it stays at 81.5 for another year, but it gets ready to move after that. 
But all of that is going to have an impact on how Colorado can sign contracts. Because right now, right now, this is a this is an outrageously team friendly situation where teams teams might be able to. Gabe Landeskog might have to take a six point five million dollar deal when a year ago we were talking about him making over eight. Like realistically, over eight. We a year ago when Tyson Berry was traded, we talked about that guy signing an eight million dollar deal in free agency. He signed for three point nine. Less than four. Less than four. And I had this conversation too. A lot of people were talking about how Barry had a down year. And while that's true, he still produced a decent amount of offense. It's yeah. not like this guy was a black hole. It was just shy of forty points. Yeah. Which like Yes, that's down from 59. Right. Correct. But you still look at how many defensemen are producing 39 points. You know, you know who didn't produce 39 points last year? Devon Taves didn't. He produced 28, I believe. So yeah. You know, you know who didn't produce that many points, the 39 points last year? Basically Pre- everyone on the abs. <laughs> Pretty sure Nate Schmidt didn't either. I think yeah. he had 38. So. Had, Nate Schmidt had 31 points 31. last year. Okay, the year before was 38 then? The year before was 30. The year before oh. that was 36. Oh, okay. I was wrong. So, like, we're talking if you, a guy that can produce from the back end is still really valuable. That's his down year is 39 points. Right. So, And, like, that guy got $3.9 million. Yep. He got late career Mike Green money. Yep. So like this is this could be a thing where Colorado signs Devon Taves and Brandon Sod and Gabe Landeskog and they give Kale McCarr eight million dollars, and then in year four of all those contracts, the cap goes cap up five million, and all, and of, all sudden, of a sudden yeah. the ABS are the ABS are sitting on a roster full yep. of Nathan McKinnon contracts. Yep. You go out and get another monster to add to that. Yeah. Things just get stupid. <laughs> um. All right. I think that's. I think we're about at the end of the show. Yeah, I feel good for today. Yeah. It, any last second questions? Yeah. If anyone has anything left to fire off, we appreciate <clears throat> all y'all hanging out with us live. We know. We know there's been a lot of you lately. So. Yeah. Much appreciated. And you know, it's a Tuesday in the off season. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I can tell you when this is over, I was going to, I'm going to go write the article. I tried to write yesterday before everything went sideways where it's like, okay, well what's left for the apps to do in the off season. <laughs> and it's like nothing. Like, kind of done. Like, yeah, kind of done. This is kind of it. <laughs> so. All right. Well, yeah. Oh man. Yeah, no, Groob Cash is solely dependent on what he does this year. If he pulls up a yeah. 930 save percentage, he's going to be making bank. If he throws up league average, he's not going to be getting that much of a raise. It's just. Yeah, true. Luke, um, I'm hoping to be in Winnipeg in the next two to three weeks. Kind of just depends on government and how much flights cost. And if my flight will actually be allowed to cross the border. Where do you rank the Evs decor overall in the league, AJ? Top five? It's certainly top ten. The The thing is, is that they're still, until we see the big leap from Makar, yep. they're still lacking the really, really, really high-end guy. Sure. Makar certainly isn't far, but yeah. Right. And and they definitely are missing like the really, really high-end pairing that they just put out there and match up against everybody. 
Taves and McCarr closes the gap quite a bit if they wanted to make that the pairing, just if they wanted to do that. Yep. Um, I, I would say, I mean, it's just because, and I would also say that if they, if they put Byram in ahead of, if Eric Johnson is hurt and Byram is in there, if Johnson's healthy and they put Byram in there and Cole sits, like that's probably from a talent perspective, the highest end you can get. Yeah, exactly. That's probably their like most talented version of their defense is one of Cole or Graves sitting as the seventh guy while Byram plays and Johnson plays. Um, assuming that that's the lineup here that we're kind of talking about. I mean, are there any defenses that really, cause like everybody thinks about great defenses and they think about Nashville. Which isn't but as good as it used to be. Nashville is Yossi, Ellis, and Ekholm. And then after that, it's all third-pairing guys. Yep. You know, Minnesota has a really good defense. But Spurgeon, Suter, Dumba, Brodeen, like, that's a that's a great top four. Tampa, you have to throw it out there. Uh, Tampa, well, we don't really know what their defense looks like. They, they lose Kirk gone, yeah. Both Bogosian and Shattenkirk have already left. You still have the the top end and Hedman. You still have Sergachev. Yeah, I mean, between Hedman, McDonough, uh, Sergachev, and Chernak, they're rock solid. They have the top end, but their depth, I think, is a lot iffier. Yeah. Um, like you, you look at St. Louis loses Petrangelo but gets Krug. You know, Krug, Falk, Pareko, Dunn, like. I low-key so, hate that defense besides Pareko. <laughs> I think it's I think it's like solid, but all of a sudden between Dunn, Krug, and Falk, you have a lot of offensive guys. It's just not what you think yeah. of in terms of a St. Louis. Especially defense. not St. Louis, yeah. You know, you Washington has always had pr- a pretty good defense, you know, with with Orlov and Carlson and now Dylan and Jensen. Yeah, that's true. They did Ram, do- Van Riemsdyk, they also signed Justin Schultz. They have Nick Jensen's been a really underrated guy. Um, Kempney has always been kind of a solid dude. Like, that's a rock-solid defense. Washington might be my number one. Uh, JR says, do you think Caprich teams would take a cold trade? We talked about that earlier in the show. The short answer is no. Uh, where would you start new hook three C or two left wing? I'd start him at three C because I want the abs to resign sod. Yeah. It kind of just depends on the, the conversations that they have or the play and the players they resign and you know, all that. Would the rant and contract had shorter term if they signed him this off season? Maybe I'm pretty sure it'd be cheaper. <laughs> I mean, what does that even, what yeah. would his contract last year have been then? Right. Would he have signed a one-year deal at that point? It's kind of a a moot point. Uh, yeah, I guess I don't. Maybe I'm missing the premise of the question because it wasn't like granted its contract was expiring yeah. and now the new one is starting. There was, he, there there was, was no, no contract. There was no realistic way that Rantanen was up for a contract this year. Even if they bridged him, it would have been a two-year deal. So yeah, a two or a three-year deal. Yeah, like it, sure. there was. Yeah, I'm not sure. Man, this Colorado defense, it's got to be top five at least. Yep, that's where I'm at with it. it. It's hard to nail down specifics just because of what do you want out of your defense. But 
I like I like Philly too with Provorov and Sanheim and Braun and I mean, I guess imagine Goss if Despair. imagine if that D could get something out of Goss Bear again. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> they signed Gustafsson and you know Hague yeah. is Hague is really blah. I don't mind Hague. He's nothing special, but um. Anyway, I have no idea if O'Reilly's going to become the Blues captain. Uh, I think it's the obvious next choice, which is maybe not great what, for them. You know, but. Whatever. It's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I guess that's going to wrap it up for today. Uh, on a personal note, shout out to my wife. She got her PhD today. Yes, we are very celebra- celebrating uh, the smartest person that I know. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. So, you have a PhD in microbiology is no yeah, joke. You got to be a really smart person to be able and to do that. <laughs> like smart, smart is just where it starts. You also have to be dedicated, and you have to work your ass off. Oh for yeah, that. yeah. That, the the amount of research and stuff she's done is is crazy. Yeah, so it's that's awesome for them, for her, and for you guys to celebrate that. I'm I'm very excited for y'all. Hell yeah. I'm excited for you to finally get to Winnipeg as well, but <laughs> get there when you get there. Uh, we are out of here for the day. Thank you, everyone watching, listening, consuming the podcast. There's many of you here on YouTube with us now. If you're not, please come join us. Subscribe to the channel. Like the videos. It helps us a ton there. We're we're making a push into the YouTube scene. I want, uh, I want a play button for DNVR at some point, so... We, we got a long way to go, but but we'll get there. Yeah, the dissertation was over 100 pages. so, And she said that was fairly short. But, you know, whatever. Uh, our final sponsor of the day is Chevalier Mortgage. You can call Virginia directly at 303-257-6578 or visit dnvrmortgage.com. Mike and Virginia Chevalier are not only diehard Broncos fan and proud CSU alums, but they have supported DNVR for a long time as members as well. They're a husband and wife team with over 15 years of financial services experience. Again, you can visit them at dnvrmortgage.com. And when you go there, you can enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice. So why not stop on by and enter to win? And you can get set up with a free consultation to discuss your options as well. Since your home is likely one of your largest assets and your mortgage, your largest debt, they believe it is vital to consider your full financial picture when purchasing a home. This includes considering your short-term and long-term planning goals, your investments, and your tax situation. Mike and Virginia will work tirelessly to find the best loan for your situation when you visit them. Again, free consultation, free shirt or hat, dnvrmortgage.com. Stop by and give them a jingle. That's it for today. Uh, We will be back tomorrow, Thursday, Friday. You know you can find us here five days a week. We appreciate y'all and I don't, I'm not sure what we have planned for the rest of the week. Some kind of uh, or organizational prospect rank at some point, but we'll see, and we will talk to you tomorrow.